Level Up Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed. You're listening to Vettel, Ceci, and Irene, and we are Level Up Latina. Welcome back to another episode of the Level Up Latina podcast. This is episode 146. And today, today's topic was brought to you by one of our listeners sending us some feedback. So today's topic is how it really is to have children, like for real, for real, like keeping it real, real. <laughs> so on that note, we are going to leave a lot of, vamos a soltar los pelos de la lengua, and we're going to give it to you really how it is from our personal experiences, um, from uh, Ceci having twins to Irene having her three um, and she started the, the mommy journey way before we did. And we should have listened to the stories way sooner. <laughs> um, and then our experience. Um, I know for many of you, if you're not a mommy, do not be um, discouraged by listening to continue to listen to this episode. Trust us, there will be some great, great gems and takeaways from this because es mejor, como dicen, una mujer preparada vale por dos. And especially when it comes to you making a decision to become a mom. And I feel that for many of us, it comes at different times. But before we do jump into this topic, I want to check in con mis, mis chuladas de mujeres aquí. Irene, Ceci, ¿cómo se encuentran hoy? Bien, bien, muy bien. Aquí echándole ganas a la vida, al amor. Um, yeah, just just feeling feeling good and feel, feeling productive, ending, ending the week with a bang and excited to be here and record. Same, same, feeling hot. It's hot in LA, like 93 degrees or something. So spoiled much, but it's hot. You are enjoying spoiled. It. Would you too, little? It's hot in Compton? No, but you're 93. I'm talking about you're spoiled because we're at in Compton at 101. Oh, shish. You're drove, so much hotter. We drove, oh, I drove two and a half, no, well, three miles from my mom's house. Almost, yeah, three and a half mm -hmm. miles. Yeah, three and a half miles. 109, dude, by the time I got oh, to the house. Oh, dear Lord. Oh, I was, I thought I was hot. Oh, my God. That's when you said 93 spoiled. I was like, hell yeah, you're spoiled because it's like, the hell is upon us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The one little really poquito, the little, little bit of ocean breeze that we get because, geez, it's hot in this house. It's, I opened all the windows earlier. I felt like I kept giving my dogs water and I como like a mom behind the dogs. Today it's about kids, but um, we also got pets, so we won't keep it real, real. <laughs> <laughs> that's your other kids for yeah. real dough for real dough dough that's totally dough, dough. that's totally bay area dookie dough what a dookie dough 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 anyway dough. homers bunch of homers hella hella bay area hella bay area so yeah so we'll jump into this topic i know that that this listener in particular mentions that you know she was um that she's 35 and she's like i'm not anytime like not even thinking about having these kids but I feel she says that she feels that the people around her are always like, I, when you're there, you're going to know and it's going to be so natural. And everyone makes it seems like so such an easy peasy kind of deal. And her kind of story kind of resonated with me in the sense that I didn't start having kids until I didn't get pregnant until I was 35. So yo ahí viví la vida and I was like, no me imaginaba really, even though my friends around me were already moms and were becoming moms or had been moms for a while. Like really what comes with this whole journey of having kids. And it's like, once I found out I was pregnant, I'm like, I have no idea what to do. I mean, I had nieces and nephews. So yes, I knew the changing of the diapers. I knew that they would keep you up at night, um, all these things. But I know that for me, the real, real part that I wanted to share was like, you know, we learn in school and like, oh, this is what in labor is. And you, you know, your cervix 
um, dilates to 10, you know, centimeters. And then you, you know, you're ready to start having contractions. You start pushing, you have a baby. Well, I didn't know there's other parts of it. Like we hired a, um, a doula to give us like a info session in a sense, like a, a little coaching session to be like, Hey, this is what your body goes through. This is what you're going to, what's going to happen to you, the stages of labor and what you can kind of expect or want from your partner during those moments. Right. So that was like the best thing I ever did because that's where I learned about um, not just your di- your cervix dilating, but I also learned about effacement. So not only is your um, I'm using my hands now to express it, but like your di- your your cervix expanding this way, but your baby your uterus is also helping push your baby down. So that as the baby comes down, there's levels of, levels of effacement so that that their head is like getting into position to come out of your coochie, right? So I had no idea. I'm like, effacement, what is that? I'm like, so yeah, you could be ready dilated, but if a baby hasn't, if, you know, hasn't reached the effacement number or the level, there's gonna, no, even if you're pushing, no vas a poder. So that part of learning that was just like, oh shit, I didn't know my body did that because it was never mentioned in any of our classes. Or at least I don't recall effacement. It seemed like something's totally brand new and I was a woman, right? So for me, that was one thing where you start learning a little bit more technical things that happen with your body. Um, I think the whole labor process, especially with my first, it was, I thank you, the Lord and the universe for making it a very easy process. Like I had Gali super fast. I mean, I mean, the, the, the doctor was like, wow, you know, kind of like a football kind of deal, you know? And then my placenta came out and it looked glorious. I, sh- I believe we shared our labor stories before. So to me, it was like, I was very curious of what my coochie look like down there after we had the baby. And um, I asked Otto to take a picture of my coochie. Otto's my husband. And I was like, can you take a picture of like my pussy down I there? I thought that was your husband. <laughs> Otto's <laughs> you know, well, he's my now, neighbor. He was baby daddy then. Now he is my husband. But I was like, hey, yo, psh, take a picture of my pussy. You know, like kind of like, please help her out. <laughs> I was just curious because I felt like. She's like, I told my second cousin, Kevin, to take a picture of my pussy. <laughs> so then I told the señora que está vendiendo las, las, los tamales allá afuera. <laughs> but it was just curiosity. I'm like, what does my cooch look like? You know, like I'm just curious to see. And it didn't look bad. It didn't look like super inflamada. It just looked like, oh, that's it. And I was like, not surprised. But I do want to keep it real in the sense of, you know, labor is challenging. Labor is, it, it, it challenges you, your physical part of you. But I feel that the real hard work comes in after you have this baby. And after you have the baby, everyone wants to be there for the baby. And I think that you really need to clear, create a plan of how people can be there for you. It was very challenging to do certain things. And I think it only gets harder as you have more babies um, after my third, the recovery was terrible. I thought I was going to die after my third baby in the sense of how my body felt. And I would get trembles. I would get the shivers. Like I would be, you know, we would be home already from the hospital. I'm like, I would wake up from a little nap trying to recuperate right from nursing all night and doing these things. And I would wake up and there was no one in the room with me. And I'm like, I'm going to fucking die right now. So as every child you have, I've learned that recovery is more difficult, but then there's more need for the mommy than there is the baby. You're there for the baby. You're gonna, they're, they're, people are going to be like all hands on deck for the baby. Pero con la mamá uno nunca sabe. So you just know, I feel like prepare like the things that you, that you need and you would want 
when the time comes, you know, have things that will help you feel better, have, you know, let people know like, hey, I'm going to be in need as well. Um, One thing I wish I would have known with the first one, you don't have to change them in the middle of the night, you know, like the pee is going to be okay if you let them, you know, sometimes they wake up to, you know, they're not hungry, but they just wake up. And so you're like, oh, immediately change the diaper, give them chichi or like give them whatever. Every moment they wake up, you know, that just wakes them up even more. And then it's harder to put them back to sleep. The nursing part, everyone makes it seem like it's so natural. You're a mom. You're going to be able to do it. And, you know, everyone's like, pues tú tienes unas chichotas tan grandes que no vas a tener ningún problema. I'm like, I feel that it doesn't matter what size your chichis are, honestly. Someone doesn't show you how to properly put your boob into a baby's mouth or how they, you know, they lock onto your nipple. I feel that that's even more of a painful process than the actual part of the giving labor part because that's constant work every day, every night, every moment of having to put your baby on your boobie. And I want to say to the women that are like, well, I don't think I want a breastfeeder. I want to be a breastfeeder. I want a nurse and, you know, all that. When you start doing it, if it doesn't feel right for you, don't do it. No sufras. Por eso. I started getting like my... My nipples got like chapped and they were bleeding and I had to call. Thank you for our friend Heidi who had some connections and sent over like a, a lactation consultant and help who helped me out because I was like in tears of the pain que me daba de, de dar chichi, you know, to my baby. And I was like, but you know, I was like, I'm taking it one day at a time. I want to do this. I know it hurts, but I need to learn how to do it. I've never done this in my life, you know? So, and with each child, it will be different. You know, each child, it will be different. Um, but I just think that the reality of the situation, everyone's always all about you and wanting to figure out how you do when you're pregnant, but it's all the aftermath where it really matters. Um, and don't buy all kind of unnecessary shit for your kids. Oh, we'll talk about that more. But those are my simple tips in the sense of like for you as a woman, um, what it was like, I just swear, like I felt my body was just, um, it wasn't mine. You get this feeling of your body isn't yours anymore. And it isn't the same body before you were pregnant. And it won't ever, it really ever won't be that. So no te desesperes with trying to bounce back like celebrities. Everyone works their, you know, through it at their own pace. But what has been your guys' like experience with that? Susie had two. So her experience is going to be like double the fun. I will go ahead and share a little bit about mine. I know that when this person was asking, she was really curious about us. Just keeping it real because people say things like, oh, you'll know when you get there or you'll just be able to do it or you'll just turn it on or whatever people say to make it sound like not so scary to have kids. And the truth of the matter is even the whole you're never quite ready. It just happens and you have kids. I think that's kind of true. There's truth in that. Like you can overthink it before you have kids and to be real, 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 you're not going to think anything into perfection. You just got to have them. If you want to have them, have them. If you don't, don't. I think this is going to talk about choosing not to, which we want to keep it super real. So you also don't have to have kids. And if you're thinking about that right now and processing that and you're listening to this and you're like, yes, this is reaffirmed. I don't want kids. That's okay too. But for what it's like to have them once they're here, a couple of things that I wrote down is Vettel alluded to it. Like you really lose yourself with the first, I think. You lose yourself a little bit with all of them. You go into mom mode and you're all about them. But I feel that I was in baby bliss and I loved it and it was great and I had my husband's help. But I stopped being like other parts of me having a baby. Like I, I suddenly was like, I have to be a mom. You know, like it took me a while to even get back into like dressing how, how I liked and wearing makeup. And I was never a big makeup wearer. But I suddenly was like turning into just mom mode. And that's not cute nor sexy nor what I wanted. 
because I'm not asking people to like be in heels and be sexy and be cute. Like if you don't want that, cool. But I felt that like, man, suddenly I'm Frumper McFrumperson because I'm this kid's baby, like our baby. <laughs> Shit, I am this kid's baby. <laughs> this kid is parenting mama, me. mama, yeah. This kid is parenting me and I can't be wearing my hoochie heels. No, no, because I had this baby and I'm this kid's mom. I felt that I just suddenly wasn't cute anymore. And I was doing that to myself. And no one was doing it to me. And my husband always thought I was beautiful at any point. But I was taking less like personal care of myself. So my diet kind of went out the window because I'm mom. Right. And and keeping it real, real, real with you, like, no, that's bad for your health. It's bad for your energy. Like the things you did before you had that kid, try to in some way do them once you have that kid. Like your world can't just be this kid while you love them and you want to give everything to them. Like for me, my opinion, and everybody's different. My opinion was I couldn't just be mom. Like I had to be more than just mom. So it took me a couple of years to get my bearings. And then when I had my second and my third, I think that's why I had them right away, funny enough, because I waited four years between my first and my second. And I waited the four years again, because I was like trying to get my bearings, my finances right, my life right, my career right. But I was so mom, mom, mom mode. And Revetal's right. Like I didn't depend on my friends a lot. I didn't ask a lot of questions. I was just trying to figure it out on my own, which you don't have to do. She said it. I'm saying it. So he's probably going to say it again. Like ask for help. You don't have to do it on your own. You're not going to know how to do it. But I finally got my bearings. I had my second. And then I quickly had my third because I think I already had it. I understood it. Like, I don't want to be pregnant again. I want to be done. I want to get back to being fit and healthy and not always having these little ones, you know? So I knocked two out right away, like intentionally knowing that about me. Like if I wait four years and I'm going to be in like a 12 year mode, 12 year span of like feeling like I've given up myself for the baby, right? Whether I was doing it consciously or not, something kicked in for me. And I like that I did that. So I knocked out the last two really quickly to get over the being pregnant mode. And I think Vettel's kind of doing that because she's knocking him out, knocking him out. You know, like if Vettel would have taken the long route and had kids every three or four years, you're pregnant for the next 16 years. Like, to be very real with you, like, no, I don't really want to take it, like, drag, drag it out, right? So I knocked him out. No, you did it you. too. Yeah, but I'm, right? but I'm older. So I was like, I can't wait. Even more. You're like, I got to like, like, If I want, want this, boom, hacerlo, you know? Yeah. So I think knowing what you want and if people judge you, that's their business. Like if you want to have them back to back, if you don't want to have them back to back, if you want to stop after one, people don't say that a lot, but maybe just parenting wasn't for you. And I think with Latino families, we get a lot of shit for that. But, you know, you don't see us a lot having just one, but we're having less, you know, we're not having like six or seven or eight or 10, like our families and our ancestors, but you might be one and done and that's okay. And I think you have to also own that. That's another reason it took me four years. I wanted to really be ready and know that I wanted a second and for sure I wanted a third. It gets easier. Your labors get easier. Child rearing gets easier. The more you have, for some reason, the more you can do. I really mean that a thousand percent. I don't know what it is about our brains or how we kick into gear, but with that in mind, you still as a parent, if I'm being really honest, there's such a mental load as the mom. Like your husband may help you, your mom may help you, your work may be supportive, but as moms, and maybe this was just me, like I felt like I was always in my head, like checking everybody's box and taking care of everybody and the mental load about this and that and this and that and this and that. And that can be overwhelming and I think you have to recognize it. And if you're not happy being that mom that has it all organized and has charts and figures out dinner and um, runs your blog, like some moms just have it and it runs smoothly. For me, I was like, I can't do all this. Like, I don't want to know when soccer signups are. I don't, I might forget to take that creative ballet. Like, I don't need this. And I got to cook and I got to know how to work this crock pot. Like, God dang, like it was a lot. <laughs> and I want to work. Like I wanted to work and I wanted to be the boss and I like my career. My husband did too. So we had a lot of bumping heads when they were young and my mother-in-law was great and helped me. And 
we put them in after school programs because if I'm keeping it real, like we needed that and we wanted to have our identity and not just be like all day consumed by the kids extracurricular. Not every mom is like that. It's okay. Like I'm, this is just me, my mental load. I felt it was too much pressure having everybody's calendar and my husband's like my husband took like 10 years to come into his own. So he was like my fourth child. <laughs> I was like, I say, like you be forgetting everything too. Like you forgot to pick up our kid again. Like I'll just do it. And that's not okay. So work on doing you with the mental labor and dispersing some of that. And then the last thing I'll say about this is as they get older, because I have the older ones in the group, I have a 15, a 10 and an 11 year old. Like you got to let these kids do it. The real, real is you can't baby them forever. You can't want to save them. You can't want to do it forever. This goes hand in hand with mental load. Like thank God I took a parenting class early on and they told me like, your seven-year-old can do more than you think. Your 10-year-old can do more than you think. Like stop doing it for them and expect them to be independent. Expect them to be on their own and learn and take care of themselves. And it worked with the first two. And I'm seeing with the baby, like we coddle him, we baby him, we do it for him. Cesar que no puede. He can't open something so he can't do it. He ignores it. You said clean. Yesterday he was like, you mean clean, clean? Like clean under the bed? Because he puts everything under the bed and it's just a mess. And we're all like, his brother's like yelling at him. Like, he is like getting away with murder at 10 years old, but the other two weren't. They weren't allowed to. They were told to at seven, you start doing dishes. At eight, you start, I'm sorry, at seven, you do laundry. At eight, you start dishes. You know, the older two were expected to be independent. And I think it works. I believe it works. I'm watching my 15-year-old, like kill it. He has an AP test this week. He's been on it. He's been responsible. He's choosing for himself if he can balance practice or not. Like it's not easy. He has his stressful moments. He had his he has his hard moments, but We've taught him to be more independent for whatever reason. We got it right with the first. Maybe we're hard on our first, but it worked with my daughter too. Like she's expected to be independent and we're not doing it as well with the third because he has four older people backing him up and helping him. And I think that the real real is that's damaging to kids. So I got to fix that. Like I got to work on that. And I was traveling independently with my son this week and I was catching all those moments of like, man, he'll just quit. Like if someone doesn't figure it out for him, he'll just quit. So I was really quick to be like, can you go ask the server for this? Or can you go do that yourself? Or can you open that? And if you can't open that, ask for help. Like I spent the week kind of assessing that like I can't baby him. He is 10 years old. So independence is key with your kids. And as moms, we might be stealing them from it. So keeping it real, real, it's falling on that sword culture. myself as a mom. Oh part my God. Of part of the, the culture. Cu it's part of the culture. Not only because he's a baby and, you know, and like a lot of people would say, oh, it's because it's niño and, you know, que no sé qué. No, el chiquito. El chiquito. Uh -huh. Yeah. But Ceci, I want to get to you, but I wanted to touch on something that Irene mentioned right now. She said about, you know, we lose ourselves and getting back to who we were, you know, and um, being more than just a mom. Um, and it might look different this time around, you know, for the season that you are in your life. Getting back to who you are is probably not the person you were at 25, being able to go on three-hour runs and, you know, oh, yeah. being able to yeah. do all these things like you used to do. Like, I remember just having no care in the world and everything, the world revolved around me. But now those things might change. Like that time for self-care might not be three hours runs, but they might be that 30-minute walk. <laughs> it might be the... I just need to get some fresh air and I'm going to go outside the house and water the plants. You know, like I told you girls that I was like a couple years ago, right when the pandemic started, I was kind of feeling like I had just added my third baby and I'm like, I don't fucking have time to work out. I'm like, I'll root you girls on, but hago? and I found, I, I found my outlet of watering the plants and I'm like, well, no wonder oh, my mom would fucking leave us in the house for hours and regando. And she was a Zen, but me being more than just a mom is probably not it. I'll tell you, not probably. It will not look like, more than likely, 
the way it did before you had your kids. If you have That's one, if you have true. two, and if you have three, but do what's going to help you be the best, the best version of you at that moment and do what you can with what you have. And if it means, and we're going to repeat it again, I've said it, said, uh, Irene said it, ask for the help. And if you don't have that village, reach out to your friends, like, hey, comadre, amiga, you know, like, um, do you have maybe 30 minutes on this other, every other day or Tuesdays and Thursdays? Can me puedes me ayudar so I can shower or, or go for a quick walk or something? Ask for that support because to those women that are not moms yet, like, we count on you and we miss you so much when we're at home, you know, with a kid in the chichi, another kid yelling at you, mommy, 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 and another one, you know, you're trying to save their life because they're jumping off the top of the how the roof. So it might not look like what you wanted it to be, but it is where you're at now. And many times we say it is what it is, but it is what we make of it. And if we ask for help and we reach out and we're very conscious about the things that we're feeling and we need, then we can, we can thrive if we're able to reach out. It made me laugh because like today I got my hair done. You guys are seeing it. And everyone's telling me yeah. how much younger I look, but it's because this took three hours. So I don't do this much. Like, oh, I'll just dye my own hair. Like, so I'm like trying to get back to myself. So at least I dye my own hair, right? Like, so that's Metal's point. Like, it may not look how it looked before. Like this last, this was me getting ready every summer. You know, I get my touch up every six weeks. This is how I looked in college, but it's like, oh, three hours to go to the salon right now. Como que no, I don't swing yeah. it. But también no me quedo canuca. You know what I mean? Like it's this balance of like, I also can't have this hair that I would always put in a bun. Like Lisa would always make fun of me. Like do something with your hair. And that's what I felt in the beginning with, with not even in a bun. I, I put a clip in it. Lisa didn't like that little clip, the little crunchy clip that you put in your hair. She thought I just looked like either old or just not done. So she would tell me about this clip. And I realized like in the first couple of years of having my kid, that was king. Clip that hair, mm -hmm. clip that hair, clip that hair. And then at some point I was like, okay, do something about your hair. Like Lisette was in my head, but I don't do it how I did it before. That's Vettel, that's mm -hmm. the point. Like Vettel's point is it'll look different, but somewhat it'll adjust and ask for help and go back to it. Cause girl, if you want to get your hair did, like you should be able to manage it, but it won't be in that chair three hours every four weeks, or maybe it is for you, which is good for you. Ditto, ditto to everything you guys are saying. Oh my God, uh, I have so much to say and share, and I'm gonna start with labor stories because no one and I I don't know if I don't know if I we shared this when we or if I shared this when we talked about labor stories, but I guess I never realized that pushing so hard will make your anus like completely completely pop out. Uh, so when so. Just putting it out there that that may happen. Um, I pushed for, I want to say six, five or six hours. Um, and I had to deliver in the operating room because at the last minute with the, with twins, they didn't know if I was going to have to get a, a cesarean. I didn't. Uh, and I pushed them, you know, to, two, two at one, well, not two at once, one, primero la una y la otra. But I remember at some point, and I forget, it was probably when both of them had been born already that I heard Luis tell uh the doctor that was assisting or like you know uh you know down there fixing fixing me down there that he asked the question like hey is um how long will it take for her anus to get back or to you know to to be back to normal and i heard that i was like damn i wonder what it looks like and then later when i got to the went to the bathroom like i i felt it like oh sentía, like you know ya se puede imaginar, like a, algo hinchado, grandote and Ugh, yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, no one, no Were one you, told like, me about that. Were you like afraid to use the restroom? Yeah, it was hard. And then I was, uh, I was constipated. 
I was constipated. Oh, ¿se imaginan? Like, ¡Qué horror! Nadie te dice eso. Nadie te dice eso. Ladies, want to know about what, what happens during labor? And it doesn't happen to everyone, but it, hap it happens, like, I guess, the longer you push, the more you're, you know, also pushing because it's hard. I mean, it's pushing is hard, dude. It's it's hard. Uh, they kept on saying, no, no, you know, not, not like you're pooping, like pushing out and like, which, you know, which muscles are those? You've never done it in your life and they expect, you no, not like you're pooping. Yeah. I pooped on myself on my second kid. It was great. Yeah, yo también. It all night, yo también like, con... I don't know how to push not from the poop I area. Know. They're like, let, let you, I didn't know. That, well, to the third baby, I was, they're like, do you remember your breathing exercises? I'm like, I think so. But if you guys have someone to help me, send them over. Help me. And that's like the nurse that was like, let the uterus do the work. And you just have to pant like a dog. Like, so the uterus is already pushing yeah. for you. Anyway, yeah. but Jesse, yeah. that is rough. no. Yeah, no. I mean, I did. I mean, I did all the pre like natal prep, and I went to the class, and I did prenatal yoga, and I think prenatal yoga allowed me to deliver oh, my yes. growth naturally. I, I mean, I'm, I yeah. loved it. I loved it. It was like my go to. Um, but at the end of the day, when you're there, it's like, no, you know, no te estás acordando. You just want to get those babies out. Um, and then moving to what you you guys were talking about, like breastfeeding, um, I, I breastfed both girls, but I also had trouble with one of them because one of them just wouldn't latch and she didn't like it. And I think I, I struggled with her for a good four or five months. And finally, I was like, she had to use like that nipple guard and all that. Y era un desmadre siempre. So finally, I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna struggle with this anymore. It, you know, she's having a rough time. I'm getting frustrated. Um, and we had, you know, we had gone to see like, like a, a like lactation specialist, you know, so que tanto. Um, and then I don't know if I ever so showed you guys uh, a video, but I remember Luis creating this like mechanism with like un tubito, you know, so que tanto that connected to my boot. I was like, like a science pro project. But um, anyway, we did all that. And finally, I was like, you know what, as long as she's getting fed and, you know, supplement with formula, we'll make it work. And, you know, my, you know, the, the girls are healthy. Like, so whatever, whatever is going to work for you and whatever, um, you know, is not is going to cause you less pain and struggle and, and annoyance, like that's the best way to go. Um, I know and I, I know I've heard from moms like I just feel guilty that I can't breastfeed or like I just can't or I don't produce enough milk but it's like you know what um como dijo Vero, like it doesn't matter the size it doesn't matter uh what it is just some women will not produce the same amount of, of milk as others and that's okay por eso crearon las formulas and that's why um you know that that's the best way to to feed your kids um and then what else would I want to say oh my god so many, so many, yeah, help. Okay, that was the other big one. Um, I live far away from, far enough from, from my parents and my in-laws where they couldn't be there often and constantly. And I, I don't have like friends in close proximity. So I didn't, I didn't have the help. And um, having the two babies, the newborns were, it was really, really tough and difficult. Um, and it was a period where like my mom just, you know, she was having uh, medical issues and she couldn't, she couldn't come and stay with, with us and help. And Luis was, you know, he took some time off, but then he had to go back to, you know, back to school and whatnot. And so that's where we, how we found Doña Mari. Um, I think I've s spoken about this before and we needed the help. We just really needed the help. I needed the help. 
Um, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with two babies. And, you know, it was my first time. I didn't know what I was doing necessarily. And, um, and we just got lucky because to this day, like, you know, we have Doña Mari and the girls love her. They, you know, ya se convirtió como parte de la familia, básicamente. And um, all to say that, you know, it's okay to ask for help if you, if you don't have, you know, family or friends nearby, then, you know, um, nannies are, or, or, como se llama la palabra francesa también, the our pairs are good too, to, to hire if, you know, if you have the resources, um, yeah, you know, también, también en nuestra cultura it's hard because it's like, como le voy a dejar a mi, a mi niña un extraño, um, pero ahí, ahí ya es, you know, cosa de uno, um, in learning to trust the person, you know, doing your research, and being with that person to see how they interact with your children. I think that's, 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 that's key. Um, I know childcare is really expensive. So, you know, sometimes a nanny or a sitter is uh, probably more, more affordable. Um, and what else? Oh, God, there's so many things that I want to share. <laughs> but I forget. It's exhausting. I mean, the real, real, real is that being a mom and trying to manage it all is exhausting. I'm, I'm the, that type of mom that you were describing that all that I want to have everything in order. I want to have everyone's schedule. I, you know, I not need to find out like, okay, when, when is, uh, because then, you know, when you're trying to sign up your kid for activities, like they sign up quickly, like you have to be on it. Like when is like the schedule open? When can I start signing them up for things? Like ahorita I'm struggling that I can't find a, a swim class. I, yo también la, la saqué en diciembre from swim class and it was like a 9 a.m. Friday class. Uh, but I was like, oh, it's December. It's cold. It's too much. I have too much. And I, I did. I had too much going on at that point that I was I was like, you know what? I just need to focus more on this right now. And I'm going to pull them out of uh, swim class. I want to put them back now, but it's like, oh, I, it doesn't. I, I can't find a class that works with my schedule. But anyway, um, that's one thing that I, I just can't let go. I am. I, I like, you know, and Luis helps me a lot. He helps me like with all, he's totally a hands-on dad. Y que él también las lleva a sus clases or like we'll feed them or, you know, we'll just take care of them and let me go have, you know, get a pedicure, get a manicure because why? Because I need that time too. And I need that space. And, you know, like you guys were saying, it's, I'm, I'm also me. It's sassy. Uh, it's not just, you know, Samantha Mbala's mom. It's just, I need that time as well. And, and I've talked a little bit about it in the podcast before. So now I'm, I've become that person to my mom too, as a caregiver. Um, I, and as you guys can imagine, I'm also the one that's um, managing her appointments and um, directing my siblings like, okay, ¿quién la puede llevar a cual cita? Uh, all right. I, I have this appointment that she has every three weeks. Okay. I take her to this and uh, like, Hey, you know what? Guess what? I, I have a meeting. Can you, can someone step in? And I'm the one that emails the doctors. I'm the one that responds to the doctors. Um, if there's, um, you know, a question that my mom might ask, a lo mejor no quiere preguntar, I'm the one that's sending those emails, checking and like giving my mom, okay, contestaron esto. Um, and it's exhausting, but I like it. I like it, it just being on top of those, you know, appointments and for my own, for my kids, for my mom now. And um, you know, I, I think, uh, I, I think it helps that I keep it balanced. And, um, like Irene, I'm like, I go by my calendar, like what's in my calendar, what's in my agenda. 
uh, that's what keeps me sane. And honestly, también exercising, like that's why um, I'm big on these challenges because I, that's what keeps me moving. That's what keeps, it gives me energy. Uh, because when I don't, like the weeks that I don't exercise, I'm just like sluggish. Tengo una pinche flojera. Igual. Yeah, right. Igual. And it's like, y también, y también it's funny because when you're not exercising, then I'm just making food, um, bad food choices. And I'm just, igual. Like, I'm just kidding. Right. Mm -hmm. So entonces, cuando eso pasa, I feel that I just, everything falls off. Like, se hace un desmadre and I just can't. I lose my patience. I mean, I still lose my patience with the girls. Cuando no me hace caso, ya ven, ahorita entro que Samantha, Max Samantha, like you have to, like ahorita no, mami va a trabajar, you can't be here, you or, or you're going to be here and be quiet, o te me sales y te vas a ver tu película. Um, But it's true, Ceci. If I can interject, that's really yeah. true. Like your energy is, I'm better with the kids if I'm working out, if I'm eating well, if I'm not like sluggish or kind of irritable, if I'm de even dehydrated. Like the other day I was feeling like, I'm like, this is my body telling me that I'm dehydrated. I have this slight headache. It's not coffee. My sleep schedule's been a little weird because of travel. I'm like, I'm going to chug like some venti green tea, a venti unsweetened like passion fruit tea. Like I have my little method. Like I listened to my body. Me tomé, me empiné those two 30 ounces. I had to pee a lot, but I was like pumped and I had energy and I was back to like not being irritable and crabby because I was like, as soon as everybody gets home, I'm going to be like drill sergeant treating them poorly. But before, it took me years to figure that out, by the way. Like a lot of being like crabby and not recognizing that it was my own habits. And then random interjection. I'm sitting here eating cheese and salami because I was just telling you about my 10-year-old that he's working on independence. And as I'm sitting here talking about him, he's over there, unbeknownst to me, making me a delicious sandwich and bringing me water. Thank you, son. That is so sweet. All independently. This was his idea. Super duper kind. Thank you, Noah. Bringing me a sandwich que tiene jamón, queso, freaking salami. Ay, qué delicioso. Amazing! Oh my yes, God, it looks really good. Yeah, that's maybe he doesn't. Right, that's another real one. Kids know what you're really doing. Independence <laughs> so is working, and eating well and moving your body really works. But kudos to my ten year old; he was independent as we were having this podcast. And I like to have a partner, so that's why I siempre estoy. Irene, vente, vamos a hacer esto. Este, let's do this. Let's check in on each other. And I think we started like two weeks ago. Um, and then I got pumped with the 30 day challenge that I'm doing now, and I'm like, okay, yes, I can do that. Um, and because I like. For me, seeing it, like seeing it physically, like, I, okay, I have all these days that I need to exercise. Okay, cool. And just marking it off, it's just like, it feels good. Um, and, and again, physically, I, I feel good. Tengo más energía. Uh, les conté, ayer me fui a correr. Um, no, no, no quería. Luis says, I'm like, está haciendo calor. Today's my rest day. I don't want to. He's like, okay. He's like, bueno, pues entonces, como vamos por el carro. I'm like, fine. I'm like, I'll do it. And of course, I didn't regret it, but... Um, so th those are the things that I enjoy because, um, going back to what we were saying, like, it's important for you to also be your own, you know, your own self and not just the mom. Um, because I think having that, having that time to yourself and doing the things that you do, you're going to enjoy being a mom more, you know, y más, más paciencia con los niños. ¿Qué vas a decir, Vero? No, I was going to segue into a different part of the conversation, but with, with what you just mentioned, Ceci, también, it's like, that was perfect. You just highlighted how each one of us is so different, right? Um, I know that we, we have to learn to become the people that we are now, right, in these, in these new stages as we, as we go through new things and new experiences. 
So I know that, um, funny that today I posted something about, you know, small progress is still progress. And then also taking your time to like, if you get overwhelmed by these long to-do lists or the things that you're like, oh my God, I have to check all this off. And, you know, you sit down for a break and instead of, th- of taking that break and saying, oh, we have this concert because I've accomplished so much. We take that break and think like, oh shit, I still have so much to do, you know? And it's like, what is a break for? Is it to give yeah, yourself a chance? Girl. Yeah. Mental load is crazy. So if it's, uh, if something's overwhelming you, then don't, don't commit yourself to it and start slowly, you know? And I think that when it be, becoming moms and entering these new chapters of our lives are so new to us that, and we don't have sometimes a guidance and sometimes we take a mental toll. Sometimes we don't even know if we're going through postpartum depression and these baby blues last. You don't even know what's going on with your body anymore. It's like, take your time and take it slow. If you happen to be one of those people, like for me, I used to like love jam packing my shit with like to do things. I'm going to work from this time to this time after I work, I'm going to go run. And after I run, I'm going to go meet up with friends. And after I meet up with friends, I'm going to go do this. And Oh my God. And that was my day. It was like nonstop. Me sentía chingona, you know? And not in the sense of like chingona, chingona, but I just felt like good. It felt good to do that. Now I, you know, and and no one tells us to have all these kids, right? We choose to have all these kids, but we're like, the, the, it changes. And now I'm like, I don't want to throw on all these things on my plate. I don't want to overcommit myself. I don't want to spread myself so thin. And sometimes, even if you don't have kids, you do that and you don't like that feeling. Just imagine having to be the person that is running that household, uh, teaching your kids how to, you know, use your words. And you're the one que estás dando chingas, you know, like it's all these things that you learn as you go. Like, hey, you might go from the girl that has the million things on the to-do list and can get them done to the girl that I can only do three things a a day, please. And I can only do three things if you want them to be done right. So, and a lot of those other things, if they need to get done, Delegate. Everyone was talking about learning how to delegate, how to pass on the baton and be like, hey, I can't do this. Um, can you help me with this friend or can I hire someone? And the beauty of things is that we know um, this person also that had messaged us was like, you know, is there like savings we should do? Are there books we can read? Are there classes you can take? And there are. There are all these things. But the thing is, before you start saving, I think you need to start processing the kind of family life you envision. You know, if you're like, I want to be able to put my kids into activities, that costs money. You know, there's a lot of programs that are free programs, but if you, let's say you're a professional and you're in senior leadership or you're making that money over a certain amount of money, like, you know, a a certain bracket, you won't get things for free and you're going to have to pay for that. And if you want your kids to be involved, it's going to take that monetary, you know, preparedness, you know, that savings. And sometimes, you know, it might be for the preschool if you can't stay at home. It might be for those, you know, the, the child care. And all of that is expensive. So Ceci mentioned, she, you know, you're like, I knew I wanted to keep working. I wanted to do these things because that's how I was going to thrive. And if you think that as a mom, I want to continue my career. I don't want to stay at home. It'd be five years. I don't want to put my career on hold. That's okay. And if you do, great. But make sure you know that and start having these conversations. If you didn't, let's say you don't have a boyfriend. I didn't have a boyfriend or a partner at the time I got pregnant. It was more like, you know, hey, this is the dude I like. And I don't mind sharing some time, some time and myself with him, right? And then all of a sudden you're pregnant and you're like, oh, I think I'm going to have this baby. But I had already been having conversations with myself. Like if I were to have kids, and let's say I don't have someone that's going to support me or help me in this process. And I'm a single mom, let's say. What do I want? What can I do? What do I want to provide for this kid? And like the experiences and that. So you start preparing. Like, so have these conversations with yourself of like, how do I picture myself as a mom? 
And then when you're there, you'll be like, okay, picture this, but I think I can do this. But then for whatever you envision, save for it. I want them to be active, save for those activities. I want them to be in dance class, save for that. I want to be able to, you know, take a parenting class because I'm losing my shit with my kids. <laughs> like I reamed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there might be some free ones. There might be some ones that you pay for. Save for that a little bit too. Buy some books. I mean, um, Irene recommended a few books to me. And she was like, you know, the parent shift. And I'm like still listening to it on and off because I feel my kids are still a little too little for that. But I'm like, okay, you know, but when I saw Noah, you know, when I saw your son washing dishes, like finally got around to him. Like, I was like, yes, I was like clapping for her from afar because I was like, I know that the work that goes into that. So read the books and like really think about, I mean, I always laughed at the book of what to expect when you're expecting. And then I fi- finally decided to crack open. And I'm like, that's like a great book, right? It has everything. It's such a good book. And I was like, why did I hesitate to read this book for so long? I was like eight months pregnant when I started reading it, you know? And I'm like, all those books that people you see have read, read them. You know, if your friends have been have had kids, like I, one of our other friends recommended um, Toddlers Are Assholes, you know? And, and kids are. And, and the thing is that many times we lose our shit on our kids because we see reflections of ourselves. And then another time is because we're frustrated with other things around us. Tip of the day. Vettel, say those two things again. Like the thing is that sometimes we lose our shit because we are frustrated with other things around us. It could be our partners. It could be our family members. It could be our work. And then here comes this little kid that does something and then you see yourself in them. And then that also helps like trigger something and you lose your shit. You become impatient. So give yourself some time to clear your mind and remember that these kids are kids their kids are learning life and they're learning life through you as they are through their you know your partner and just like everything to them is new so when we get tired of the mommy 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 it's like they're just trying to share something with you that they just discovered and the fact that we cannot handle that that means that everything else around us needs to be filtered yeah, but I was making such an excellent point. That's why it's the tip of the day. It's a reflection of you if you are losing it, or they are a reflection of you. Like they are giving you a run for your money because Sony yeah, Wallet and you are like butting heads because you're the same, or you're butting heads because my goodness, something around you. Like oftentimes we lose our shit on our kids because we're just so overwhelmed with a lot of things. You know, it's like Vero said, like this is a new world to them. They're excited. We have to be patient with them. We have to show empathy to them. Did I know this right away with the first? No, he got the worst of me. He got the worst of me. He's the one I spanked. He was telling me that he remembers being spanked. Like, you remember? We stopped spanking you a really long time ago. He's like, no, I remember. I remember you and dad hitting me. And I remember, I remember that was traumatizing, but it's good. I turned out good. I'm a great kid. I'm And he's like making the best of it. But I'm like, dang, we're so hard on them. But me spanking him was a reflection of me, but like I was losing my shit and I was turning to spanking and in through parent shift, I learned like, no, that's me. Like I got to get better and I can't just spank my kids because I don't want to be patient or stop and be empathetic or get down to their level or look them in the eyes. And it might sound like frou-frou or whatever. Our parents' generation could have done that better. I And they didn't know. They didn't know better. Yeah. Our parents didn't know better. My mom was, you know, that's kind of, los niños no lloran. Like that was just the vibe and you weren't allowed to have feelings and you had to suppress feelings. And then you grow up into this adult that feels like they can't have feelings. Or when you do, they're like huge and they're disproportionate with something small. And you're like, well, because as a kid, I didn't know how to deal with my feelings. So if you were always spanked and not allowed to deal with your feelings, like there's a lot that goes into that. Anyway, all that to say, 
we might be resorting to stuff because we're frustrated in our world. We're frustrated with mm -hmm. everything around us. So be careful of that. And also they're a reflection of you. So they're a lot like you and don't take it out on them that they're a lot like you. That's a good I thing. I know. Do you beat your own ass up? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, like you should. Exactly. <laughs> I, Irene, ahorita que estás diciendo eso de losing your shit because of, you know, sometimes you may, you might feel overwhelmed. Um, that was happening to me recently. And I don't know if I shared it here, if I shared it with you guys or just talked it with Louise or like my, my therapist. Like, anyway, I, I, I know I've talked about it before. Um, but I was realizing that when I was spending, um, you know, the entire weekend at my parents and, and, you know, as, as a caregiver and because I was, doing so much and, and, and helping when I would come back on Sundays, um, I would just be so impatient with the girls losing my ship. Shit. Les pegaba y Luis me dijo, les, oye, la se vienes bien irritada. Like, what is it? I'm like, I don't know. I guess because I'm not, I don't really have like a weekend. I don't. So I chose to not spend the night over the weekend there and just go on a Sunday or on a Saturday and spend the whole day, but no la noche, because, you know, cuando no estás en tu casa, no dormes bien, and it's just, everything was adding up, and I was doing so much there, I, you know, no me quejo de eso, but I think it was, it was just, um, it was hurting me, uh, physically and emotionally, so that when I came here, I wasn't my, myself, and I was just losing my shit with them, and pegándoles, and all that, I almost um, did that this for this upcoming weekend. Luis is going to go to his parents with the girls leaving tomorrow morning. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just go and like stay the night. And, and then and why? Because I was like, I know I've never stayed here by myself. I'm like, you know what? No, I'm like, I'm going to stay here. I'm like, I'm going to stay here. Um, si voy, me voy a hacer un manicure, pedicure. Me voy un masajito. Me voy a comprar mi cafecito, lo que sea. Y ya, aquí me quedo. Me pongo a ver whatever en la televisión. Netflix and chill y ya me voy el domingo like me quedo aquí me, aunque no aunque no voy a hacer nada or, or, or maybe I will quién sabe depende de la energía pero me voy a aplacar and give myself a sexy day um, y ya back to my caregiving duties on, on Sunday so para no andar you know, con genio Sí, overwhelming. Y lo, la cosa es que a veces, like, you really want to put yourself out there for family, right? And in this case, Ceci, for you, it's, you've shared that it's your mom and, you, you, you know, and it's something you want to do. Te nace querer estar presente. Um, the thing is that you also need to, you know, we need to be more conscious about, like, how is it really affecting us? But it's, it's really about, like, finding those things that are triggering you. You know, I know we work with clients, too. They're like, oh, you know, I get so upset at my, you know, my partner and I get upset at doing this and, like, but they can't pinpoint what something, whatever's causing it. And then it's like, well, really, like, it takes time to figure it out, especially if it's something that you've had in you for a minute, right? But start taking note of like, huh, I noticed that when I get home after doing this, I feel like this. And the thing is that for many years, we're like, we don't listen to our bodies. You know, we're like, we neglect our bodies and we neglect our thoughts and our feelings. And we just decide to keep busy to kind of avoid dealing with certain things. And it just gets to the point that, que, no, like, someone's going to tell you, like, hey, what's up? Andas irritada. Or someone will tell you, like, hey, you doesn't seem like you're being yourself. What's going on? And then you're like, really? Why? What is it? And then you start thinking, like, oh, shit, no, you're right. The thing is that we need to be more conscious of our minds, of our bodies, what, how we're feeling, what's and what's causing it, instead of getting distracted to not deal with it, right? So all of that, I mean, it's part of a growth journey. Um, we work with our clients through that as well, right? Like starting new, new journeys, new chapters in their lives, and, it's, and things can become overwhelming. Just take time to process it. 
and how, what do certain things make you feel? Why, why do you think you're feeling that way? What triggers it? Is it something that you were doing when you were younger? Is it being, you know, all these things, it all takes process and it takes work. But if you're willing to do that work, damn, the outcome is even greater. You know, you can really live your best life in the version that you are now. And that's the version that you can, the best version you can be, because we don't have the past anymore and we don't have the future guaranteed. So love you, be you, live your best life right now. Eso que ni que. I, oh Here's my God, your hair looks so Here's cute that. like that, Irene. My clip. Your I clip, your clip. I guess I could have done it. College for college. No, but it's actually, because um, me peinaron today. That should be your hair for tomorrow. It's hot in here. I had to open a window. I had to put my hair up. Yeah, my little curls are like rolling up over here. But yeah, I think, um, is there anything else you girls would like to share? You women want to share with in this case? No, I think, I think just a final thought is that, you know, being a mom, it's fucking exhausting, but it's mm -hmm. rewarding. It's rewarding because you love it's those little it. kids, you know, to death and you just see them and it's just, it's fun. It's hilarious. And you're just like, estos niños, you know, como <laughs> like sus personalidades desde que están chiquitos. Um, pero también, um, I think it's very mature if you, you know, come to a point and decide, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to have children and I'm okay with that decision. So, mm -hmm. um, just really quickly, we have, we have a friend that, you know, made that decision and she's okay with that decision. Um, so yeah, props to props to her. And we have to be supportive. Mm -hmm. I'm like, pensando? it's not, yeah, as, no. you know, like some of us are fertile. Some of us aren't. Some have to have to work a little harder. And some of us decide I don't want to work that hard. And I I'm choosing to, to stay kid free, but I'm like super tia forever, you know? There you go. And we need some to of us are like, I don't want to see all that many Vero was talking about, but it was talking about money for activities, money for this, money for that. <laughs> Kids are expensive. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> they are. You they thought are. your you thought your impulse shopping was uh, costing you money? Just wait till you have your impulse babies over here. Really? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> but mujeres, thank you so much. There was a good conversation. I know that every time we share, we share a little bit more and more and more. Um, but thank you for tuning in, everyone that listened to this episode. It was um, us sharing our stories again, and we thank you for listening to us. Um, if you want to learn more or continue this conversation, do not hesitate to reach out to us. You can always find us on IG or our social media at Level Up Latina. On Twitter, we're at Latina underscore up. Um, but if you don't remember, we are one-on-one -on -one coaches. We are coaches. We help women thrive and make progress slowly but surely and sometimes it's fast it all depends on what you're ready for and we are ready to get you there so if you want more information on our one-on-one -on -one coaching you can always go to our website which is leveloplatina.com so you can book your free 30-minute assessment with us to see if we're the perfect fit for you and i have a feeling that since somos tres y somos bien chingonas we will find the right person aparte de eso we have our guilt-free squad check us out if you want to join our community And if you own a small business and you would love to promote your service and product, please also visit our site. You will find the right place to purchase your spot to promote your, your business or yourself onto our podcast. And we would be happy to give you that shout out. So check it out. Remember, leveluplatina.com is a place to be. So thank you again, everyone. And um, get in contact with us. We love you all. Se cuidan. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Oye, como dice René, chao, que te level up. Chao.